the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. Now I'm Ben Green doing big things on a Dre beat. Stay seated. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Ben. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. Doing well on this fine day. Adam, I'd like, why don't you introduce our, uh, our guest Happy to introduce our guest, Benson Green, of massive UGA fame. Uh, well, that's what how I know the man. I met him back. We were in the same um, major uh, program at UGA. Uh, that's how we met, you know, a bunch of mutual friends and things like that. The guy is awesome. And today uh, we are going to be talking Dr. Dre's The Chronic. And I just flat out there don't know this album all that well this wasn't one that i particularly grew up with all that much and so i wanted some little backup help and i was like who do i know who just freaking loves rap and ben green came to my head because this guy was just constantly like spitting flows all over uga's (laughs) uh uh, grady college and that's what i remember about him man Oh man, that's kind of scary. Now, now the bar set that I'm a rapper. <laughs> well, you are you are a wannabe rapper. How about that? Is what yeah, I'm okay. Going. Well, that, but but you you appreciate the style of music. Um, you know you you're knowledgeable, and so you know I I I'm much more of a hip hop guy than I am a rap guy. Uh, I, there's specific rap styles that I like, and. Um, I would say like uh, chopper rappers is something I really appreciate, but like the West Coast thug style uh, gangster rap is not one that I really, really latched onto. And so this wasn't one that I knew all that well. So I was really happy to bring on somebody who I felt would be um, at least, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable in the subject than myself. Now, uh, John, what was your background about, you know, picking this album? So uh, I also, this, the whole album itself was not one that, I mean, I never owned this album Mm -hmm. and um, I was only familiar with the, the singles with this one. But uh, I wanted to pick an album. Honestly, I wanted to pick something that we probably wouldn't have normally covered um, because we grew up listening to a lot of the same music. Mm-hmm. And but I wanted something that was kind of culturally relevant to the times that we that we've been yeah. talking about on this podcast. And immediately this one came up, okay. and I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about this one. I mean, so you're saying there's there's only so many Hootie and the Blowfish albums that we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that because uh, yeah, we, yeah. That, that's the style we probably really listened to a little bit more in like the 90s and yeah. Our Lady Peace and stuff like that yeah this album came out at a time when I was really big into watching MTV mm. so I really came to Dr. Dre's songs through MTV through his videos which we'll talk about the videos when we you know we talk about some of the songs mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> if you haven't figured out already we are talking about uh, the Chronic by Dr. Dre, released on December 15th of 1992, released by Death Row Records and recorded recorded in L.A., uh, produced by Dr. Dre and executive produced by Suge Knight. Yeah, uh, murderer Suge Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to say that. <laughs> it, didn't, didn't he kill a man? I'm pretty sure he did. Allegedly. I, 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 I don't. Alleged murderer Suge Knight. Let's go with that. I don't know. By the rumors, it sounds like he might have a pretty high body count. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm not gonna say anything that gets me killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if oh, Shook Knight, well, oh, wait, isn't Shook, is Shook Knight dead? No, he's in jail. Oh, he's in jail. He's in jail. Probably. So if Shook Knight or Doctor Dre are listening to this album, John, and they're gonna come after us, you know what? I'll take that as a, um, <laughs> you know, that'll make me feel pretty good. <laughs> you know what? Then, then I'll be, then I'll go flexing around, just being like, yes, yeah, right. They're worried about the blast from our past podcast. What? Earn these stripes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> This is dedicated to the listeners that were down from day one. Welcome to Blast from Our Past. <laughs> See? Perfect. Dude, we're signing you on as a hype man. This is great. Oh, man. All right. So a couple things that I want to address about the album. Um, so this was Dr. Dre's first solo album after parting with N.W.A. And a couple of things that I want to address on the music side that I do enjoy about the album overall is that he changed his sort of style. First of all, Adam, did you know that Dr. Dre was in a group before N.W.A.? That I did not know. I mean, everyone's well aware of N.W.A. I did not know he had something beforehand. Uh, yes, uh, he was in a group, I believe, called the West Coast Wrecking Crew. Ben, can you confirm that one? That's That's it. Editor John here with a correction. They were actually called the World Class Wrecking Crew. Here's a taste. Yeah, which is sort of like a, a, a really early 80s sort of electro-funk type group. Uh, very 80s and late 70s sounding. Very interesting. Huh. Well, uh, you, you mentioned like, yeah, electro-funk. And they, they, they do a lot of sampling of Parliament Funkadelic on this album. And so like knowing that he's got, um, you know, some background in a group that's a little bit more funk uh, driven, mm-hmm. that makes some sense. That makes some sense because you get some of that underlying on the beats here. Uh, and I think that that's fitting. Well, and uh, Dr. Dre has even said that he was pretty much only exclusively listening to Parliament Funkadelic mm-hmm. <laughs> right before he made this album, so he, okay. he had that sound in his head. Yeah. So much so that uh, he told his uh, his engineer, which was a guy named Colin Wolf, who kind of was a co-writer and did a lot of the like, bass sounds and stuff, to actually go buy what's called a mini Moog, which is a, a Moog synthesizer, which is what they use to create the bass lines. Mm, okay. A lot of the sounds that you're hearing are influenced by Parliament Funkadelic, and you can tell between the the synthetic synth bass sounds and the sort of high whine mm-hmm. sound that you get from a lot of the songs are are sort of indicative of P Funk. But what is interesting about this is that he's using these instruments in a very interesting way. You get a very low sound with the bass and a very high sound with the whine. And then you're getting these sort of very sparse and simple chords in the middle. So you're leaving the in, the middle very wide open, sonically speaking. So you get heavy bass, that heavy mm-hmm. treble in the wine, and then that leaves a lot of space in the middle for all of the vocals to go mm. through. Okay. So you're getting your melody basically at the top and the bottom, and then you're getting your, all your lyrics in the middle. So that may be why this album sounds like it's mixed and mastered to perfection, but it may be more so just the initial design. You're saying that makes it sound so good sonically. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but that's that's I think that's what sounded good to them, and that's essentially what came out. That high wine synth is one of the that's one of my favorite sounds in hip hop of all time. Like <laughs> a couple of a few years back when Kendrick's 
Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid came out. Mm -hmm. There's a track on there. I think it's actually the Mad City track, and that West Coast synth comes in. And then MC8 was featured on the album. I I legitimately cried the first time I heard that. I was like, oh, it's I was like, it's back. I was like, I've been waiting all these years. Um, I I should state that um, the the keyboardist for P Funk was a guy named Bernie Worrell, who kind of pioneered that the use of the synthesizer. Who was P Funk's uh, keyboard player and one of the founding members. And I have some weird connections with that one, too. This may be get on out there, but Bernie Worrell actually later played in Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains with Les Claypool from Primus. And Primus was actually inter- one of Interscope's first signings. So at the same time, they kind of had, Interscope had Death Row coming up and releasing The Chronic. Mm-hmm. Primus is Sailing the Seas of Cheese, and Rico Suave was actually their first <laughs> release Rico at Interscope. Suave. So it's, you've got a very... Quite the mesh of styles there mm-hmm. at once on early Interscope, which I thought was very interesting. I can I can appreciate that. I, mm-hmm. I uh, I'm I feel like I have a very eclectic taste in music, and if I was to put out a a, a record company, if I was going to start a record company, I wouldn't want to stick to just one style. I'd want to mm-hmm. I'd want to taste a little bit of taste of everything. So I can appreciate that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentlemen, does anyone have anything else they want to talk about the album before we jump into the songs? Uh, a couple things I want to add in here. Um, I can't remember if you mentioned this was Dre's first album post NWA, so his mm-hmm. first like solo venture. Uh, it peaked at number three on the Billboard uh, 200. It's been certified triple platinum. It launched the careers of a lot of West Coast hip hop artists, obviously, namely, namely Snoop Dogg, um, Daz oh, Dillinger, man. Corrupt, Nate Dogg, and Warren G. Uh, who Warren G is the uh, step brother of Dr. Uh, Dre. I believe it's half brother. Half brother. Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> the uh, album successfully established Death Row Records as really a dominant force in 90s hip-hop, uh, which is Dre's album. Um, and the album cover, uh, if anyone looks at it, it's kind of Dre on, in, in the front with uh, just kind of an inter- interesting design. It's apparently a pair, uh, pulling an homage to zigzag rolling papers. Uh, so like as a cigarette rolling paper was the design and it's the oh. same kind of thing, but with Dre in the center, as opposed to some yep. other random dude, which obviously makes sense. It's the chronic. You're going to need some rolling <laughs> papers. You got to roll them blunts. Um, and uh, a lot of people hadn't been able to listen to this album, uh, but this year uh, it went, it came out on uh, streaming plat- platforms finally. Um, and of course it was dropped on 420. Naturally, it's the chronic. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's get into this album. All right, so we're gonna start with the kind of a it kind of a song, kind of an intro, uh, simply t- titled "The Chronic." Yeah, G's up, holds down. If that bitch can't swim, is she bound to drizzle? Peace to my nigga drizzle. Another platinum hit, nigga. Peace to the DOC. Still making it funky enough. And Death Row Records is in full motherfucking offensive. Oh, yeah. P.S. Fuck Mr. Rourke and Tattoo, a.k.a. Jerry and Easy. Sincerely yours. These motherfucking nuts. I don't love Easy. I don't love Jerry. I don't love Rufus Records. Frankly, I don't love nothing they got to do with. But, but, but you know what I want them to do for me? Jerry Easy, check this shit out here. I want y'all uh, so, I mean, this, this song is... In- is what it says, which in parentheses says intro. It's basically just an intro. It's mm-hmm. introducing everyone before we get to our first real song on a track two. 
this this uh, intro, you know, it, it, it already fully embodies like the West Coast gangster style rap. It's all about flexing, swinging dicks, guns, violence, you know, really how hard you are. That One of the things that, um, and every one of the main things that I talk about with this album is, you know, they keep bringing up those styles and you get a lot of lack of subtlety in the lyrics <laughs> now, which is just, it's all about like, I got a big AK and I'm going to blast your face, you know, stuff. I mean, that obviously better well done than that. Um, <laughs> but there is every now and then, you know, it's not every line, but every now and then you get in some real good lyrics that have good writing and good subtlety. And then that's what kind of really tweaks it up a, up a notch. I'm not a big fan, just straight up. I'm not a big fan of gangster rap style which is all about it's all about how big your gun is and all about flexing i'm harder than this guy's hard and shit like that i don't care about that i mean i I like the arrested development style i like other things that are a little bit i don't know more intellectual um Mm -hmm. immortal technique is one of my favorites tech nine tech nine has some of these issues but uh but 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 they're they they integrate some lyrics that are just so thought-provoking um and this album and this song kind of sets it up where you don't get a lot of that, but you do every now and then. And it's just like when I when one of those lyrics I get catches me, I'm just like, oh, oh shit. Um, <laughs> this one not so much. This song is just it's introing hard. It's more introing. Fuck NWA. Fuck Easy E. Fuck Easy E is a uh, a theme of this album. I've realized <laughs> it is, and that that's one of the things that blows me away about this intro. They waste no time going straight. <laughs> Out of the like, it's just like guns blazing, and it's and the funny mm-hmm. thing is, it's not even Dre, it's Snoop saying all, and it's like, where did this mm-hmm. guy come from? And then yeah. all of a sudden, you've got Snoop Dogg taking the reins and being like, "Look, uh, Easy E can eat a big fat bitch." <laughs> it's like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of homosexual vibes that they they try to they push onto Easy E. Um, you know, there's a lot of dick sucking, uh, particularly when Easy E. <laughs> And he's in suck a dick almost goes hand in hand in this album. And then they start that off pretty quick here. But and obviously, yeah. Yeah, right off the bat, you do have those. I mean, you got Ohio players and Parliament sampled on an intro. Mm. Like, there's like six samples on this intro, and they're all ultra funky and throwback. Mm-hmm. So it definitely is a good welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah I did find it interesting that uh, throughout this entire album, I feel like we hear Snoop Dogg more than we hear Dr. Dre. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. This could easily Which, have been a duo album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Adam. I was just say it, it um, absolutely. It, it 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 feels, and I was going to say this for the end, but I'll. You know, we already brought it up. It doesn't feel like a Dre album to me. He he Kinda, went yeah. from NWA, and it's like he's just going to another group. It's like okay, now he's now he's with the Death Row inmates, you know, and it's. And because you get so much use of corrupt and Nate Dog and Snoop Dogg is heavy on it, um, and so it, it's not so much like, "Hey, this is Dre. I'm here by myself." It's more like, "Hey, I like this group of friends, and now I'm shifting over to this group of friends." And that's <laughs> that's more of what the album's like to me. Yeah, I mean, that's a I'd, I'd say that is definitely a fair assessment. Yeah, uh, I do want to call out my favorite line of the intro, the chronic. It's just it's at the very end, a little tag that says. Use a penguin-looking motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I love that. (laughs) Well, I do have to say, too, that that, this dedicated thing is one of my my favorite intros with the bars slammed shut and everything. Mm. That's one of my favorite intros to any album. It's just so, (laughs) it's like we're here now. Uh, And let's go ahead and move on to the second one, which is called, if you, and we're going to be using the, uh, I'd listen to the um, uncensored 
yeah version of the album the not the explicit version excuse me mm-hmm. so not the clean version um so the second song is called fuck with dre day and everybody's celebrating mr buster where the fuck you at? Can't scrap a lick. So I know you got your gat, your dick on hard. From fucking your road dogs, the hood you threw up with. Niggas you grew up with. Don't even respect your ass. That's why it's time for the doctor to check your ass, nigga. Used to be my homie, used to be my ace. Now I wanna slap the taste out your mouth. Make it bow down to the rope. Fucking me, now I'm fucking you, little hoe. Oh, don't think I forgot. Let you slide. Let me ride, just another homicide, yeah, it's me, so I'ma talk on, stomping on the easiest streets that you can walk on. So strap on your Compton hat, your lopes, and watch your back, cause you might get smoked, low. And pass the bud, and stay low-key, BG, cause you lost all your homies. For me, this song, when I think of this song, I think of the music video. Uh, fair enough. Obviously, I was, obviously I was introduced to Dre's songs through his music videos. Um, this one is, um, it's not even a shot across the bow. It's a straight up <laughs> hit at Easy e um, and Ruthless Records. I love that at the end of the video, there's a disclaimer that says all characters in this depiction <laughs> were fictional. It's, it is very obviously um, a shot against Easy e but I, I always found it funny. There's some like little skits in the middle. You know, with the uh, sort of a, a guy who's supposed to rec- represent. Um, oh God, what is the what is the guy's name from? Jerry Heller. Yeah, Jerry. Oh, Heller. Jerry. Yeah, the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The producer. Yeah, or I guess Wasn't he. Was... I don't know. He was not the producer so much as he was uh, sort of like the manager. I think. Mm-hmm. I always. I think. I think I liked watching this video just for the story in the video, less so much as as to what I was listening to in the music, uh, gentlemen. And you've just got a whole group of guys chasing Easy through the whole time. And it, you've got the Easy E character up there, Will Rap for food with a sign up. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, they get, they go in hard. Uh, me personally, with this track, though, this is definitely one of my favorite tracks on this album. And I mean, it, it comes out just so hard. And it's kind of, it's hard for me to say that sometimes because I was a huge Ruthless and Easy fan later because. Bone Thugs and Harmony are actually what drew me in, and they were ruthless, mm. even though they ended up hating their label. Um, you know, it was hard for me to hear them diss Easy e the whole time, and it still ended up one of my favorite tracks. And yeah. the weird thing about this one is so many tracks now that's, um, especially with diss tracks in rap and hip-hop, it's, there's a lot more subtle things, and rappers have learned don't say somebody's name, because once you say their name, that's, you know, giving them the publicity. And this one was not taking that route at all. And <laughs> to the point to where Easy actually named his response song, he, or he, start, he started, he actually named this song Easy's Payday. And in the lyrics of the song Real Motherfucking G's, Easy says, But Drake Day only meant Easy's Payday. And um, uh, uh. there's another line where he's like, where you find this anorexic rapper? You only 65 pounds, wet and wearing boots, talking about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so it's like, I actually like Easy's response even better, mm. which is a funny little thing to add but, in. But I, yeah, I always love the beat of this track. And um, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of funk to it. I mean, that the, the underlying bass line that they use, I think they just pull a sample, but it is, it is so funky in this one for sure i think i've read that he actually didn't sample a lot of bass lines but mm. he would recreate them oh, okay so he would recreate them using actual um instruments and stuff like that instead of just sampling 
the um, sampling the record because a lot of times you would get some kind of degradation from the recording. Mm-hmm. So they would use drum beats and stuff that were sampled a lot, but the like the bass and the synths and stuff like that were all live instruments. This hit uh, number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, so this was a top ten hit. This was this was a big yeah. one. Um, I love and, and and now Snoop Dogg used this kind of line in maybe a bajillion songs but you know when he does like the the bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay and kind of goes into and he always every every time he brings out he has to say his name he has to say you know d-o-double-g in something some fashion anytime he's (laughs) rapping um you know it's just it's it's good i love that i love it when he you know he emphasizes the dog part of his name it works so well (laughs) you know i I do like uh i do like that anytime he says dog there's always that bass dog, dog. coming in i <laughs> yeah. for some reason that always gets me I'm, I'm always just a fan of anything bass related so that yeah i love that uh this one i felt you know it's got that that catchy kind of simple beat behind it and just a very um defining style of this west coast rap style is it's got that very that slow kind of chill feel to it i mean they're saying some hard mm-hmm. shit and what you know stuff that's hard but they're not doing it angry. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. well, they're angry, but, like, the 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 way that the flow is coming is pretty, like, West Coast. I mean, what I think, like, you know, kind of chill laid L.A. laid-back style, but they're also like, laid I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to rip your fucking heart out. You know, but it's going to be like, I, 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 you, you, they're saying it so, they're so mean, but they're so <laughs> chill about it that I'm just, it makes it even more scary. <laughs> but it's kind of fun being juxtaposed with the, uh, the the hate that they're bringing on Easy E, but just like the 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 slow smooth feel of the song. I've got a a friend from college that one of these lines in here he he recites it all the time. Like any of the parties we used to have, he'd always just be like, "Put down the candy and let the little boy go," which <laughs> 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 is what Dre's saying towards Easy, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. or yes, he's a pedophile. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> But really, when you talk about diss tracks, this is one of the, this is really one of the OG, mm-hmm. true diss tracks, and that that yeah. became a big thing for me in hip hop. I always thought oh. they were fun, whether they were set up for, um, publicity for both sides or whether it was set up for, war. It was. Mm-hmm. It's always been interesting to me. Yeah, Dre, Dre, and Easy E is almost as good as T Swizzle and Katy Perry. You know, almost. <laughs> My girl T Swift, she brings it hard, you know. Oh, now she's your girl. <laughs> no, T-Swift. I hate her. I hate her. I'm a Katy Perry man. Are you kidding me? Katy Perry's catalog, bangers, banger after banger. T Swift, get the fuck out of here. Uh, I will not argue with you on that. I'm one. a California girl. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next track, uh, which is called "Let Me Ride." So won't you just walk on by Cause I'm too hard to lift And no, this ain't Aerosmith It's the motherfucking D.R.E. From the C.P.T. On a riding spree A straight G Hop back as I pop my top You trip I let the hollow voice commence to pop, pop, pop Yeah, cause if it don't stop I have to put my shit in reverse Go back and take another spot Cause I'm rolling in my six four. <laughs> With all the niggas saying Uh, 
this is kind of one where I actually had kind of forgotten about it, mm-hmm. and I I think I remembered uh, once it hit the chorus, I kind of remembered a little bit, um, but I didn't ever watch the video for this. I don't remember the video for this. It wasn't on heavy rotation. Um, however, it was the only song on this album to net Dr. Dre a Grammy. Yeah, I did see that, um, which this is actually one of my favorites on the entire album. I'll easily throw that out there. And part of it is uh, that really nice chorus that he uses, a sample from um, the Parliament song Mothership Connection mm-hmm. uh, and some other stuff. But, like, this is this is a good one. Honestly, we're only three tracks in, and I'm sick of him talking about Easy e Like, that's all he's <laughs> talked about so far. And so, like, we get something different here, and I like this one a lot better than the two previous tracks, personally. This one, this one's definitely up there for me. Um, this was my mom's favorite off of the mm. chronic, and she's the one that actually introduced me to the album. I remember being like, uh, I guess like six or seven. And she was like, "No, you can't, you can't listen to this one yet." And then like a couple months later, I was like, "Are you sure I can't listen to this one yet?" She's like, "Okay, let's check it out." <laughs> <laughs> what a good mother! <laughs> and I was sitting there like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> but you talk about those ad libs with the. Uh, the Snoop Dogg ad libs and stuff, the Bow Wow Wow, the Dre, hell yeah, is a yeah. legendary hip hop ad lib <laughs> for sure. And that one is mm-hmm. used very well in this track. Listening to some interviews before this, um, I, uh, Snoop Dogg said that up until this album, he was never a writer. He was a freestyler. That's all he would ever do. And so it took Dr. Dre and one of his writing partners, uh, I think a guy named uh, the DOC, to teach him how to actually, you know, take like a 52 bar, like just freestyle and like just condense it to 16 bars, you know, make something that's sort of catchy and, and people are going to want to, you know, repeat and, and listen to. Um, and I agree with you, Adam. This is probably my, one of my favorite songs on this album. And it's grown on me. I've listened to this album about three or four times through in preparation for this, which I don't normally go that many. Usually one time is enough. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's normally an album that I'm familiar with or mostly familiar with, but in this case, I really felt like I needed to dive into it. Um, I have one grievance, and Adam is going to make fun of me for it, hmm. um, because he, uh, Dr. Dre makes many, many references to cock your Glock. You don't cock a Glock. <laughs> oh. uh, Glocks don't have, like, uh, you know, put no, it in the so, chamber, and, and you... And you no, no, that's not called... When you cock something, that's cock the hammer back. So that's yeah. the hammer in the back of a gun. Glocks oh. are not hammer fired. Glocks are striker fired. So you don't what when you're when you're putting when you're chambering around, that's called racking, not cocking. Mm. Oh, okay. If you're cocking, is that you're cocking the hammer back in preparation for you know to fire. I wow. think Dr. Dre has a penis fetish. Uh, he says <laughs> dick and cock so much in this album. Maybe he just wanted to add in an extra use of the word cock. <laughs> well, and it does rhyme with Glock, so it uh, you know <laughs> it, it works. Yeah. Well, it's you know that d- reminds me on the last song there's a there's a there's something to support that argument because in the clean version of With Dre Day he says uh gap teeth in your mouth so my gats got to fit as opposed to his wiener. So there you can tell <laughs> well, he's a, obviously a ga- using that. Well, gats a, a gun. <laughs> it refers to a gun. But yeah. maybe his gun air quotes is his penis. Yeah, exactly. That, no, that's my argument. Yeah. That's my argument. Okay. Yeah. That gap, so, so he's album, gap instead every, of yeah. That's yeah. it. Every time he's talking about a gun, he's just talking about his penis on this album, and then that turns it into something totally different. I think you're right. <laughs> wow, we went there. Yeah, we went there. Now this is, I mean, this is a this is a good song. Like it is. Um, there is still a lot of like you know the there's all a lot of flexing. I mean, there's flexing in this entire every song on every one of these these albums. Um, but I feel like this song in particular, compared to the previous two, 
it's got a little bit more of a story to it. Um, that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that I really like. And I, and I feel like he, we're kind of like just going on, um, you know, a journey with him on this song uh, more than the others. And so I think all of that, again, with the uh, the smoothness, the, um, the catchiness of that chorus, it, it all kind of makes me really appreciate this particular song. If I am in a 6'4 drop top cruising down the street, I'm either listening to a little Easy E, this song, mm-hmm. or, you know, Summertime by Fresh Prince or something. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's up there in that drop top cruising category. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one does make use of the sample Funky Drummer by James Brown, which is quite possibly uh, one of the most sampled drum beats of all time. Probably the most sampled yeah. drum beat. You've brought, you've brought it up, I think, on multiple occasions. I um, have. And I, we that's, we, that's how often it gets used. Yeah. We haven't done a whole bunch of albums. You know, when you really break down, we've done, like, what, 20, if that? Right. And, you're, and, you've, and you've brought up uh, that particular Funky. sample multiple. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is called uh, The Day the End Took Over. So uh, I'm just going to say I was hypnotized by this song. I barely listened to the lyrics. What got me was the bass line. Uh, yeah. What, it's because they use some really interesting intervals, and I'm going to kind of music nerd out on this. Um, it's very simple, just f- sort of you know a four-quarter four note driving beat. But the first interval is called a tritone that they play, which is sort of like the, a, a, an interval you avoid. Um, in fact, in the in sort of the Gregorian times and pre-Renaissance times, they called that the devil's interval. <laughs> you weren't allowed to sing. In fact, norm- in most songs, they they in, if you're singing, you don't sing a tritone because it's it's one, it's actually very difficult to sing, um, and it, two, it it's it's dissonant. It sounds weird, but I love the dissonance, the way they use it in this that bass track, which is actually really kind of high up. So it's not a low bass; it's a high bass. Mm-hmm. And that first interval you get is a tritone that resolves down, and I really like that. For for the layman like me, you're you're a music guy. You know all yep. that words is, but like so the dissonance as you put it, and to me my note is you know it's got a creepy and uneasy sound in yes. in the background, and it's uneasy, and that fits so well with what they're talking about. They're they're all talking about obviously it's about the the L.A. riots um, mm-hmm. that were about um, you know the acquittal of these four racist police officers uh, who beat a black motorist Rodney King, um, and so they're just going on about you know, everything about the LA riots and that dissonance, that uneasy style of the music in the background really just kind of like, I don't know, it, it amps this song up a little bit. It makes it yes. be like, okay, this isn't just them talking about, Hey, the fun of looting and shit. Like they're like, this is, this is some, not a good time in LA. This is a, this is a terrible time of what's going on and what's happening and, and all this shit. So um, I, I thought it fit particularly well. 
Yeah, and that's uh, it's it's sort of got that horror vibe. It makes it scary mm. throughout, and it reminds me of the Deep Cover track too, which was like in the anti-police song, and it's one eight seven on the undercover cop, or mm -hmm. that they did later, and uh, mm -hmm. Big Pun and Fat Joe covered later, which was great. But I've always been a huge fan of uh, the kind of dark sounding stuff, like some of Tech Nine stuff, a lot of the mm -hmm. old Three Six Mafia, so. This song is, you know, as soon as I turn this one on, my head's just banging and I'm all in that <laughs> devil's interval immediately. I'm like, because I, li I listen to metal too, so. Yeah. But but it is it is cool to hear, too, some, like, real statements for the first yeah. time in this album about something yeah. that really mattered at the time that was a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I mean, they started off kind of with a message, um, you know, about, like, equality and stuff like that, like, from the start. Um, like a, like a news comment, at least like the, the thing that I heard. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this, this one, this one that has a message. I love when rap has a message, when any song has like a real message and this song, I agree, uh, absolutely mm -hmm. has that. So it, it it's which is funny, which is funny because Dre has publicly said that he doesn't usually set out to put out like a, an intellectual record or mm -hmm. have a message. He just wants to make something that people are going to play in their cars or, at, or, you know, or at a party. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know how much I really believe that because any, any, most artists are going to have a message of some kind. I mean, that's just what artists do. They're expressing themselves. And that, that in itself is a message. This is our first, um, RBX too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, man, RBX, He's he's good on this album, and I actually I love the uh, I love when rappers yell pop 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 like that, <laughs> and he just uh, he nails it on this one. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, when I was looking through some of like the lyrics, I don't know if each rapper wrote their own lyrics that were added to you know the different verses or if that was Dre I, or Snoop writing. Their I would imagine they did. I mean, yeah. I, I, I my understanding that's a pretty big thing is if you're going to rap, you're generally creating your own. Okay, well, uh, like, not not in these days. Oh really? Uh, uh, the the DOC has writing credits on almost every single track, and it's supposed to be lyrical because he was um he was a lyrical genius. So uh, okay, and yeah. and actually, if you watch Straight Outta Compton, the uh, the movie they did not too long ago, mm -hmm. the whole NWA story. I mean, those guys wrote like uh, I think Ice Cube and. MC Ren wrote almost everybody's lyrics throughout the album. And theirs and Easy's and Dre's and uh, so yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of ghostwriting on this album for sure. That's fair. But RBX probably isn't one of them. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just say some of his lines I've realized were some of my favorites in some of the later songs. So I was like, I wasn't sure if he wrote good stuff or maybe he had just you know maybe it's just his flow and the ones that he chose to sing or that they gave to him to sing. I don't know. I liked it. So I, I liked RBX's stuff, uh, additions to this album. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, Dr. Dre only sang on one verse on this entire song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, let's go move on to the next one, which is a monster of a track, which is Nothing But a G Thing. And that's realer than real deal, holy feel. And now you hook us in holes, know how I feel. Well, if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk, I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. It's like this and like that and like this, Santa. It's like that and like this and like that, Anna. It's like this and like that and like this, Santa. Drake creep to the mic like a fan. Well, I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. But I damn near got caught. 
'cause my beeper kept beeping. Now it's time for me to make my impression felt. So sit back, relax, and strap on your seatbelt. You've never been on a ride like this before. With a producer who can rap and control the maestro at the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick. You know and I know I flow some old funky shit to add to my collection. The selection symbolizes dope. Take a what else can you say about this song? It's it's a monster. It's mm-hmm. still played on the radio today. Yeah, huge. It was number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it was only behind another rap al- rap song, uh, and I give a say quote unquote rap <laughs> cool. song. It was Informer by Snow. This, was, this one <laughs> oh, couldn't, this couldn't beat Informer. <laughs> Informer. Classic lines, you know, the one, two, three into the foe. Like Snoop Dogg is on point. Dre is on point with this one. Um, you know, they. this is like, this is one I want to be sipping a 40 and I want to have my <laughs> hand just going up back and forth and back and forth. Like, that's what I want to be doing when I listen to the song. I can agree with that 100%. Um, I love the uh, getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens. It's the capital S, so yes, I'm pressing double O-P, D-O-double-G-Y-D-O-double-G, you see? And yeah. another thing I've loved about this song that I've loved about a, a couple tracks on this album and tracks throughout hip-hop history is when verses are split up you've got mm-hmm. two bars from this guy two but and dre and snoop throw back to each other so well on this and i i love that i've always loved the verses being shared by two artists it's really cool one thing i do like about rap in general is they do a lot of that back and forth i, I kind of like it when when you get like people finishing other people's lines and stuff like that where they kind of trade off even within one line I really enjoy sort of the intricacy of, of that. What I want to call out is I really like um, Snoop Dogg's flow. Uh, he, he, it's no it's no wonder he kind of got he just kind of kept kept blowing up after this album and this yeah. song. Um, the way that you were putting it, Ben, like I don't know, and I and I like those chopper rappers. I, I kind of mentioned it like when you add extra syllables, like, you know, into like the beats, and he goes the bump, and you kind of get it, you get it going in there. Snoop does that all the time, like adding in some extra, you get some extra words, extra syllables, and it just, uh, but it still has such an interesting and unique flow to it. Uh, so that's that's something that I always appreciate. You know, someone who can only like do the regular regular rapping to the beat, that's one thing. But when you can like make it your own. That's something special, and I think that's uh, Snoop Dogg absolutely does that on this entire album. But it's you know this was the yeah. biggest one that you could really tell. I mean, we gotta and we gotta kind of talk about the music video a little bit. Um, this mm-hmm. is sort of the this is the song that introduced Dr. Dre to the world as a solo artist. Done very well, I thought through the video. Um, I went back and watched it, and I remembered so much about it. I hadn't seen it in probably over a decade, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still remembered little things about it. Um, uh, the little kid. Who's just kind of bouncing? I don't know if you remember that part of the video. Uh, I remember. I remember the girl who got her top ripped off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe I noticed a couple of different things than you did, John. Oh, well, I've always. I did. They have like the. You know, they're just kind of standing around, and there's this little kid who just. Uh, the, you see him twice. One time, there's a girl walks by, and you see the the kid's probably like maybe two, mm-hmm. and he turns around and watches watches the girl. So that's the why. You okay. know, I'm sure why they use it. And then the next one, he's. Um, that he's got his hand up and down, bouncing up and down like this. Okay. And I've always remembered that and, and thought it was cute. And uh, another thing is that Snoop Dogg was notoriously shy and nervous. Um, and you can see it in this video. And even Dre called it out because he's at, he's hardly at any point actually looking at the camera. He's most of the time when, when they're standing next to each other rapping, 
Snoop's not looking at the camera. He's looking down and around and all over the place, where Dre's looking straight at the camera because he's done this before. And so but he was very nervous, so you can see it. In the, the next video that came out after this, which was for uh, Dre Day, he's obviously gotten used to it. He's been coached a little bit. He's a lot better because he's, he's, he's looking at the camera more and, and addressing the audience more. But this one, you can definitely see the awkwardness. We're going to move on to the, the next one, which is called D's Nuts. <laughs> Got him! Chicken check, microphone check, one. check, microphone check, two. Chicken check, microphone check, three. Check game from the notorious Compton G. Back with some shit that got the bump. As you pull up in the park, your pops are trunk. Just a fossil like a motherfucker clown in this shit. Got your dangers on your hoopty and your fly ass bitch. Throw off, throw off, show off, I'll take that home. If she proper, I'ma pop up, I hope hop up. It's back on track. With big money, big nuts, and a big fat chronic sack. So dash, step up on their ass, and give these motherfuckers a blast from the past. Diggity dads out of the cut with some shit that I wrote with my nigga D.R.E. So you know I must be dope, but uh, right tap 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 that ass. Starting static with Drake, make way for the AK. That I bring as I slang like Cappy. Not from crisscross, but they call me Mac Daddy. Hattie, not known about the city I'm from. Long Beach, Tic Tac, grab your gap, watch your back, get right, come. And in my khaki suit, big G from the hood, can fuck Eastwood. God damn, I ripped up, flipped up, and skipped up on top of things as they swing towards my dingaling. Look, could you raise up off his nuts? Cause Dr. Drizzy's about to raise that shit up. Chicky check, microphone check. <laughs> that that uh, Rudy Ray Moore joke at the beginning still makes me laugh every single time. Yeah. I don't know the joke. The chestnuts. You've not listened to that one? No. I want to ask you one question. If I had some nuts hanging on the walls, what would I have, honey? I said, darling, you have some walnuts. She said, well, daddy, if I had some nuts on my chest, would those be chestnuts? I said, hell yeah. She said, well, daddy, if I had nuts under my chin, would those be chin nuts? I said, hell no, since you'd have a dick in your mouth. Okay, that's pretty good. It's it's <laughs> it's from a I believe a stand up routine from Rudy Ray Moore who is better known as uh, the actor in the movie than the Dolomite movies. Oh, okay. Huh. So, gotcha. uh, and this is also the song that kind of introduces us to Warren G because uh, he does mm-hmm. the the intro on this one. Yeah, which is uh, huge because uh, Warren G became a legend later, and is, this also introduces us to Nate Dog. Yeah. Um, who came to make sweet sounds on tracks for years to come uh t- to me this one was okay uh, i i didn't i'm not loving these nuts uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> but it, it's got a classic g-funk sound to it you know yeah. the, the song the lyrics um lots of you know i'm hard more of that same kind of stuff um but it's still smooth it's still chill yeah. it's still cool it's still cool i do love the uh crisscross reference on here too when you're talking mm-hmm. about Mac Daddy with the, you're talking about crisscross on the chronic like it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of it, it kind of validates crisscross like <laughs> <laughs> yeah which uh you know I mean they, they're not not to say that they were like a, a joke act but like anytime it's like a kid act like that it's 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 not it's as a, it's a novelty yeah it's kind novelty, of a novelty. exactly yeah anytime you have kids who are acting like adults it's definitely kind of a novelty that did you ever get that uh did y'all ever get that podcast with uh, what's his name? Which one were y'all, y'all talking about doing one? What was the guy? Not too long. Not uh, these nuts. 
Sorry, I had to do it. We had somebody who did these notes. I don't know. No, that was the joke. That was a... Oh, that was a bad joke, man. That fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, we were lost. That's, yeah, that's how they did. That's how they did it on the song. I mean, come on. Oh, uh, okay, fine. I've been waiting for that for two weeks, <laughs> and I ruined it. <laughs> I was gonna say, how did it go for you? Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, track number seven, which is called "Little Ghetto Boy." Wake up, jumped out my bed. I'm in a two-man cell with my homie, little half dead. Murder was the case that they gave me. Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? I'm only 18, so I'm a young fuck. It's a ride if I don't scrap, I'm getting stuck. But that's the life of a G, I guess. Essays way deep, shame two in the chest. Best run, cause brothers is dropping quicker. Uh, too late, damn, down goes another nigga. Bouncing off the walls, throwing them dogs, getting that rep as a young hog. It ain't nothing like the street life. You better be strapped with your shank, cause ain't no fist fight. So I guess I got to handle mine. Since I did the crime, I got to do my time. Uh, this one pulls its uh, pulls its uh, chorus from song "Little Ghetto Boy" by Donny Hathaway, um, and a, a lot uh, like a lot of the songs on this one, um, the verses are good, but I like the choruses a lot, which is just them kind of uh, them sampling other stuff. But I did like the actually I liked the use of the flute in this, mm-hmm. and that was not sampled; that was actually recorded. It was a a, a guy named Catisse Buckingham who did flute and saxophone throughout the album. Oh, okay. That was definitely one of my biggest notes on this track is the the flute. And I, it's cool to hear that it was live flute played in there. I, I would say this is actually probably my favorite song on the entire album. Oh, um, really? I really like this one. And, and, and particularly, you know, that that good mix of, you know, the older, the, the Ghetto Boy song. It just, it works really well. It flows really well. And and what I like about this stuff and, and what I like, you know, about most rap or the raps that I like most are ones that like I feel have a story, something important to talk about. And mm-hmm. this one, I feel like you know it's got a story to it. It's all about you know it's having to grow, having to grow up, having to face responsibility. Um, you know, but it's a hard life. It's part of the culture, and it's hard to get out of that lifestyle. You know, these kids yeah. in jail, stuff like that. Um, and and so that's what I that's what I like about this song. And, and you know, it's got it's got some realness to it. Where I feel I feel like there's a lot of people who keep rapping about how real and how hard they are i'm like well you're faking your bullshit not to say that dre's faking bullshit but a lot of his other songs on this album are just about how hard he is this one i think there's a realness there's an authenticity to it um Mm -hmm. and mixed with that chorus which i think is just absolutely beautiful yeah uh this is one of the most i don't know that's why this one stands out for me um i do find it interesting if not maybe a little hypocritical where a lot of the rest of the album is about having your AK and, and being a, you know, then thugging around with your friends and stuff like that. And then this one is about jail life and it's about, you know, thug life, not being glamorous mm-hmm. um, because there's a whole other side of gangster rap where it is like, it's all about the drugs, all about the women, all about the the money. Um, so they're glamorizing it where this one, it has a little bit of reality to it. And that's, I think that's what I like about it. Yeah. yeah and then in, in Dre's verse in this, he's kind of, 
you know, he's getting caught by surprise by a kid and it kind of ends mm -hmm. up. That's what, that's what I get for behaving this way. And I used to yep. be the same way when I was a kid. It's almost like a message to the kids saying, mm -hmm. don't go down this path. And you're totally right in saying, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to say that with the rest of the album. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but I, I do like the, I do like the message and the vibe on this track. Uh, all right. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's leave the message for something a little bit harder for a track called A N With A Gun, or With A Gun, excuse me. I think it's better to be telling the facts than cuffed up and jacked and fucked up with your niggas looking at you going, God damn, cause it's the city up and you to survive. A nigga gotta be a gangster, and not my nigga you can't remove. So got a lot of motherfuckers for trying to prove to they homies they can hang by dealing with me. But once again, in the end, that D-E-A-T, I never did time on a murder yet. Cause I relax and back to a job and jet, yo. I know you understand my flow, so here we go with death row. Come let a motherfucker know. This is not really one I favorited for the album. Yeah, this one actually I think had some of my least uh, notes other than like the skits that we've got coming up. I wrote... He really fucking loves AKs. That's <laughs> one of my notes. He loves them. AK-47s are like, that's his jam. Um, AKs and, then, and Tech-9s. AKs and Tech-9s, yeah. Gats, whatever. Uh, yeah. Four fours, uh, you know, 44. He talks about Desert Eagle in another song. but And then the other note was Simple Premise, I'm hard, I got guns. Like, that is that is the song. <laughs> I will say, this is one of my favorite instrumentals on the album. Okay. I love this beat. Mm. Like as soon as this one comes on, every time my neck is breaking. So, <laughs> and I, I I wanted to mention this too on the last one, but I wanted to wait till this one because I think it was better. I do love the mix of the rap vocals, like Snoop is in this one, mixed with the sample on the choruses. Like the way they build those together. A lot of hip hop songs, they either just have the sample, or they have a mix sample, or they have an artist just singing the same thing as the uh, classic song. But this one, you know, mm -hmm. it sets it up with the sample and then it finishes with Snoop Dogg saying something that doesn't match the original song at all and it makes mm. something new which I always thought was really cool. I will say this, Dre is definitely a master beat maker. Mhm. Mm and that is evident on every track on this album. He he is a master producer. Um and I and I, I really that really comes through on all of the acts that have come out of his record company and his records. I mean, if you think about we had, with the with the chronic we were introduced to Snoop Dogg, uh, Nate Dogg, Warren G, Lady of Rage, yeah, and then his next real solo or next real solo album two thousand one we get Eminem. So he mm -hmm. is if you know if you're looking for a producer I don't know that you can find anyone better than Dr. Dre. And you can totally argue that he made everybody in NWA what they are too. Uh, all right, well we're gonna keep with the theme. And move yeah, on to the, say, <laughs> to the next say, I'm not song. quite done with songs about guns, though, John. <laughs> and we're going to move on to the next track called Rat-a-tat-tat. I didn't have my 64 and a lot of dough. 
This this it just to me is just a continuation of the previous song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of flows from one straight into the other one. So yeah, I really don't have too much to add to this song, gentlemen. Do you have anything to say? Uh, it starts off with a sample from a movie as opposed to another song. Uh, the movie's called The Mac, and I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty pretty interesting. Kind of nice, something different way to start it. Uh, and then my other note uh, was pretty much surprise. It's about Dre with a gun, how hard he <laughs> is, and killing people. Uh, so yeah, it, it, the the theme uh, definitely continues. I will say I also love this instrumental, and when my neck is really going, this keeps it going. So, <laughs> okay. And I do love, uh, for whatever reason, I love the gun sound, so I love hearing rat-tat-tat-tat. And I never yeah. hesitate. And that, like, rat-tat-tat, those hard uh, hits, yeah. and then Snoop's coming back. And I never hesitate. Oh, I've always loved that contrast and dynamic, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I mean, Snoop is really smooth and flowing, and, like, you get that um, that, that kind of, that consonant, like, kind of sound, the hard and then it goes with his kind of he just yeah. kind of flows from every word to another and it's all like you know smoothing out one thing um you know it's all done in like one kind of breath out and so it does it does um you know kind of bounce back and forth in those styles and, and work yeah. well because of that okay i i was gonna say i do love the line like like luther vandross i'm fucking yeah, that's up the a west good, coast or something like, yeah like that's a good that's, that's a good line absolutely <laughs> Going back to sort of the sonic sounds of this album, one of the things I do think works really well together is Dr. Dre's voice with Snoop Dogg's voice because Snoop Dogg's voice is much in the higher register than Dr. Dre's. Mm -hmm. And so I think together it works really well because you get a sonic difference between the two that really complement each other. All right. Uh, And now we kind of hit our first skit, which, you know what? Skits in albums sometimes are hit or miss with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I don't, I don't see the point of having them at all in them. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes it's a little bit of both. Uh, so the first skit we have is one called the $20 sack pyramid. Hey motherfuckers, welcome back to the $20 sack pyramid. I'm your host, motherfucking OG Henny Lope, and we're back with our two final contestants, Duck Motherfucking Mouth and Bootney Lee Farnsworth. They'll be playing for a $20 sack of Endo and a $35 gift certificate to the Compton Swap Meet. All right, y'all bitches got 30 seconds to answer five motherfuckers. Before we go on, John, I got to tell you, I love OG Henny Lope. <laughs> she is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Apparently, she's credited as her real name is Big Titty Nikki. <laughs> That's a much better name. <laughs> it's what? Big Titty Nikki. Stop hosting twenty twenty uh, twenty dollar sack pyramid, which is obviously a play on twenty thousand dollar pyramid. Well, in the, in the beginning, you get the, they sing the the uh, theme song to the twenty thousand yeah. dollar pyramid, which is which is funny, just because mm-hmm. they're singing it like slightly out of tune, which is great. Honestly. I like this skit. I thought I this one too. was pretty damn funny. Um, you know, this actually does kind of show, you know, as as hard as he's trying to tell us that he is, this one shows that the guy's got some, some uh, so he's got a sense of humor. And you really see that later on with his album 2001 when you get kind of Eminem, uh, Forgot About Dre and some other, mm-hmm. like, he adds, he adds some comedy in there. 
um, or, you know, just some silliness. And you see that here because where all of his other stuff was all about hardness, this one, it just, it, it's funny, man. It's a good parody. It, it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's that Dick Clark $20,000 pyramid, but blackified. And he, they do it really well. Yeah. I want to say this is pretty funny. I'm I am not a I am definitely not a skit fan normally. So mm-hmm. if if it were never on there, I'd be okay with it. But it is cool that the DOC is on this track, and they actually use his kind of mutilated voice to uh, to play the character, and it makes it better because it sounds so raspy. But the mm-hmm. DOC actually founded Death Row with Suge and Dre. Mm-hmm. And they had the album No One Can Do It Better with That's Funky. It's getting funky. It's getting funky. And the DOC was supposed to be the hot thing right now. And he had the car wreck and um, tore up his vocal cords. And um, he the he became a legend on a skit as opposed to being one of the biggest <laughs> rappers of all time, which he was on that trajectory to be a total hmm. hip-hop legend. And it uh, didn't happen that way. But it's kind of cool to hear him on the album. Uh, All right, well, let's move on to the next track, which is called Lyrical Gangbang. Now I'ma kick up dust as I begin to bust on the wick whack. Fucked up suckers you can't trust. When I kick up, I lick up your face, get smacked up. When I rack up, so all your motherfuckers just pack up. Or get slapped with a slipness. If you think you're stuck with the gift, Merry Christmas. Nest up that in your stocking. I'm knocking them off the boxing. Knocking them off their socks. Cause Robin is rocking. Breaking them down to the slab. Taking them down on it. Now what you wanna do, you wanna battle. Uh, see you watch it quick without a motherfucking paddle. Rattle that brain, I'm not the same old plane, Jane. Roll on you like a border, you're not. So I was actually aware of this song before going over this album simply because um, it is they use a, a sample of When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. That's the drum beat, which is a very okay. famous drum beat in the, in the, at the beginning of that song. Um, they speed it up a little bit and change a few things. Um, this is one where I, I do enjoy this song. For the beat and for the the instrumental, as you put it in the in the background, less for I don't even really listen to the lyrics. I just I enjoy the music that's being played while the song is going on. This song has the best opening line out of any on the entire album. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Like that's <laughs> that just and then they just kind of hit you hard. Yeah, uh, it's it's fun, man. It's a fun way to start a song. I thought it was really nice to hear a female voice. Yeah, on this album, like that, that was actually really, really cool to hear, and it, and it, it worked well. She's a good rapper. I liked her style. Um, besides that, you know, it had a kind of similar flow, similar style, chill, smooth, you know, very, uh, very West Coast coast rap to me, and and it just kind of kind of sank into some of the other ones. You know, it, th- some of these songs I kind of just kind of lump in together, and this one's probably one of those. Um, other than the female voice, which I do think helps it out. I love corrupts verse on this, um, mm. which I guess we we had. We, we kind of mentioned Corrupt. I know we mentioned Daz Dillinger, but, you know, that's Dog Pound Gang with Snoop Dogg. Corrupt just kills this this track with just classic hip-hop flow. And I that's that's one of my favorite parts about it. And I definitely love the instrumental, but Corrupt is really a standout to me. And I'm interested because it says um, the interlude is Be Real. And I'm thinking Be Real of Cypress Hill, but it doesn't sound like him to me. So I'm, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. But that mm-hmm. would be an interesting uh, collab. I mean the song the song was fine but it wasn't a standout you know there was there was nothing that I thought was made it very special other than um you know finally get uh 
was it Lady of Rage? Or she's on, yeah, that's, I think this is the first time where we hear her on the album, so. All right, well, let's move on to the next track called High Powered. Kick this shit. Seven execution style murders. I have no remorse because I'm the fucking murderer. Haven't you ever heard of a killer? I drop bombs like Hiroshima. So now I walk around strapped. One time bust they caps and watch niggas collapse. Now adapt to this, but you need no adapter. This is just the first chapter in a book from a crook. You get caught slipping, your ass got to die. Nigga, tell me what the fuck you figure. Trigger, happy RBX to cap ya. Pump, pump, and I can't wait to bust around. Pump, pump, my hollow points match the clown. Cause what I said split his head. And now they got me running. Well, this, tra- this track for me, I mean, it stands out. This is pretty much just RBX flexing his uh, muscles again, showing that I may be the best. Uh, actual hip-hop man on this album and uh as as soon as he says the i drop bombs like hiroshima with the whole bomb in there and everything i mm-hmm. i love that i think that's a blast ah. Woo-hoo, pun hey-o. Hey-o. <laughs> uh, i agree uh rbx is nice um i didn't really find the rest of this song all that special um other than i did like i like rbx you know on the mic that worked out really well um it started off almost like a skit you know, it, it it had a long intro that was just kind of like Drake getting there. I was like, are we going to get to a song ever? And then eventually they do get to it and it's it's solid. Um, you know, more about killing, more stuff like that in, <laughs> in the themes of the song. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I like RBX's voice. I think I, I he might be my favorite voice on the album, maybe besides Snoop Dogg. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, other than that, the song I didn't find to be anything special. I, w- yeah. I will say this is probably one of my least favorites. And I still like it okay. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But this is another example of, like, you got Daz doing the outro. It's just like, it's like they, they put everyone on the team. And everyone contributed yeah. pretty much every track, which I think really helps the album as a whole, too. Speaking of uh, skits, let's move on to the next one, which is a skit called The Doctor's Office. <clears throat> yes, may I help Hello. I had a 12 o'clock appointment with Dr. Dre. Well, Dr. Dre is with another patient right now. Would you like to reschedule? Reschedule? Um, it must be a mistake. I must see him. I had no, a 12 o'clock No, it's no mistake. Look, Dr. Dre is with another <clears throat> patient. Either you can wait or reschedule. Look, I understand all of that. No, but, apparently you don't You know, understand. I'm a working person and... and I'm working all right, I, I generally agree that I think without the skits, you would still have a fine album. I still think they're kind of funny. So, especially on this one, a lot of times mm. we've we've had we've talked uh, about skits on other ones where I don't think they're funny, but this one, the the two that are on here, I I thought are pretty good. I would say I like this one less. Yeah, than I would I like agree. The, yeah, I would definitely agree with pyramid that. Pyramid one. Um, I mean, this one's all about him fucking. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is this is I mean, it's kind of funny because he's a doctor. He's a doctor of what? Nothing. Um, yeah. but it's like he's got doctor appointments for girls coming over to his place to fuck him. That is kind of funny. That's a yeah. that's a funny idea. Doctor, that big old dingaling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what I find funny about it is simply just the the seriousness with sort of how the 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 secretary or however you want to call whatever her position is, um, is just talking to this one lady. Be like, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to make an appointment. When in the background, you can clearly hear him fucking. <laughs> Well, that's what he said. She even says, like, he's already fucking another bitch right now. Um, I mean, so, like, this girl knows he's 
she's coming to get fucked by Dre. Right. Like that's that's his whole doc, that's his whole doctorship, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what he's got a degree in, and uh, that is it's 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 got humorous quality. So I I highly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this was one my mom used to skip. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump ahead to the next one, which is called "Stranded on Death Row." Stranded on death row. So duck when I swing my shit. I get rugged like raw head wrecks with fat tracks that fits the gangster type. When I recite, kind of lethal. Niggas know the flow that I kick. There's no weepful. I'm murdering niggas. Yo, and maybe because of the tone I kicks when I grip the mic and kick shit, niggas can't fuck with. So remember, I go hardcore and slam. Love respect like a sensei. Whoop bass like Van Damme. So any nigga that claim they bossing, why don't you bring your ass on over to Crenshaw Slauson? Take a walk through the hood. We up to no good, slanging them things like a real oh, she should. I'm stacking and macking and packing a tin, so when you're slipping, I sip the clipping, but ain't no set tripping. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. A lot of the stuff in the back end of this album really didn't hook me very well. I think the personally, I think the front half of this album is much better than the back half. Um, so this one didn't really do anything for me. It was just sort of a, you know, nice beats and then people are rapping on top of it. And so. Um, I'm not really going to have too much to say about this particular one, so I'll let you guys take it. Uh, well, it, it is interesting. This is the very this is the first one that has no Dre on it at all. That is like true. His, his voice does not appear, um, and so maybe that that's part of the thing. Um, you know, uh, more hardness in this song is about you know gang in jail talks things like that. Um, I do like the flow. I like going from verse to verse uh, mm-hmm. with different people. You have multiple. You know, everybody's got their own verse in this one, yeah. and they do a good job. Um, I, there are some really good lyrics on this one, uh, blinded by the light. It's time you learn Braille, like shit like that. I mean, good stuff. I, I don't know if, if, if you're a victim from my drive by of thoughts, uh, no extension, no exempt, no extensions. All attempts are to fail like stuff, things that, uh, I don't know. It just, it has some, some intelligence in there. It's not just, I got a big gun and a big dick. It's, mm-hmm. it's more to it that I thought. Actually, was worked really well on this song. Not one of my favorites, um, but I I do appreciate that this was like a whole group effort with the rap. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite things about this. It's kind of like a finish the album compilation kind of track to mm-hmm. kind of send you into the future with these uh, new faces that are really about to blow up. Kind of with mm-hmm. corrupt RBX, Lady Rage, mm-hmm. and I always thought it was very interesting that uh, Bushwick Bill. Did the intro yeah. and outro on this because this uh, this entire album is so West Coast that um, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny to have a Texas guy out of Houston, <laughs> even though even though they do have some ghetto boy influences, it's still kind of odd for me mm-hmm. to hear Bushwick Bill this late in the game, mm-hmm. especially on that kind of compilation track. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- this actually though is probably in my top five on the album my first whatever reason i really like this track i think i like all the ones with corrupt and rbx so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, right. they just got that really 90s hip-hop flow going on all right well let's go on to the next one which is called the roach and in parentheses the chronic outro cannabis sativa <laughs> over in the heart of la known as the chronic not to be confused with the bionic even though it does cost six million dollars, man, understand? <laughs> now we working with some new improved shit on this track. Nevertheless, not no stress, sucker ass niggas. So now we gonna move on and uh, 
Light a big fat one up for the world And hit this Once or twice And you'll be twice as nice Get it? This is the chronic <laughs> Um, I do like the sort of general P-Funk sound of this. I mean, they're, they're mm-hmm. sampling the song P-Funk, once they get fucked up, funked up, excuse me, uh, by Parliament, um, among some other things. And so I do appreciate sort of that sort of return to the P-Funk sound that I think you get more at the beginning of the album than you did later. Uh, that's largely all I really have to say about it. This song... Is all about weed. In case, in case people didn't know that, uh, yeah. Also, no Dre on this one, which I thought was pretty interesting. But yeah. you know, uh, build is the outro, which is kind of interesting because we have a song after this one. Yeah. So this isn't really the outro. I don't know why they did that. I have but, no idea. Yeah, yeah, but I do. I, I agree with you. It is good to kind of get the funk is heavy in this one, and yeah. I appreciate it. This is this is pretty much a parody track. Like this is mm. the. Dr. Dre, Weird Al version of just the actual Parliament <laughs> song. It's like, it, it's it's kind of a parody. But man, I, I love jamming out to it to finish out the album. And to me, this is the this is the album. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I stop right here every time. You don't move on to the next one? It says yeah. outro. I mean, I did for this uh, just to get familiar with it, but I this is it for me. It does say outro. Yeah, why why do they have the other track? I guess it's I like know. a bonus track. I mean, maybe it yeah. was supposed to be cut and they were like, "Oh, let's throw it on there." Yeah. Well, it was was it I mean, granted I didn't have the CD, so I don't know, was this like one of those 90s hidden tracks by chance? Cuz that was huge in the 90s. Now, granted I couldn't see them doing that in this just in rap like this, but maybe. Does anybody so, know? Yeah, apparently it was. Okay, okay, so this was, right. like, because so, they had that, we've had tons of hidden tracks in the yeah. 90s. So we're already talking about it, so let's go ahead and move on to the last track, which is called Bitches Ain't Shit. Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. Lick on these nuts and suck the dick. Get the fuck out of here, you're dumb. Then I hop and I make a quick run. Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. Lick on these nuts and suck the dick. I used to know a bitch named Mary Wright. We used to roll around and fuck the hoes at night. Tight than the motherfucker with the gangster beats. And we was balling on the motherfucking Compton streets. Peace. The shit got deep and it was sound. Number one song after number one song. Long as my motherfucking pockets was fat. I didn't give a fuck where the bitch was at. But she was hanging with a white bitch doing the shit she do. Um, so it says that uh, until the album's 2001 reissue, uh, this song was a hidden track, absent okay. from the track list. That's cool. I mean, I like it. I, I like it when they and I also appreciate because some of those hidden tracks are just kind of silly, funny skits almost. Right. And they could have done that with one of these, but like they put on a, a legit full song as that as a hidden track. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, the the opening to that is very. I I've heard that I don't know how many times I don't know if Snoop Dogg's used that in other um, tracks or what, if I'm just thinking of this one. The core the bitches ain't tri- ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That line. I can yeah. see that. Um, but it kind of you know it, it the sort of lyrics like this 
garnered a lot of backlash for Dre. Um, what? Even, yeah, even even within the black community. Mm. Um, sort of some of the black leaders really didn't like the sort of misogynistic use of language in the album. Yeah, it's a pretty sexist song. Yeah, and it makes it worse when you choke out a woman and get, get in big yeah. trouble for it. Yeah. Oh, Dre, that is not cool. The song actually has Jewel on it. It's not a... Not you, not a that jewel. jewel. It's a different, yeah. it's a different jewel, but uh, <laughs> not the Alaskan Ju- jewel. Jewel with two L's. Uh, but like you know, oh yes. Yeah, so obviously, um, bitches in a very derogatory term. Uh, but Dre's whole verse that he sings on this one is not so much about women. Uh, he equates Easy E uh, to being a bitch, uh, basically. So it's so it's not just about you know that it's also about people who he feels have you know turned on him or backstabbed him so it's not always women or bitches sometimes sometimes men are it is nice that dre uh, brought it full circle to end uh, yes you know what i would agree with that (laughs) he started really hard on easy uh and then you kind of went away from it and then he kind of brought it back it's like okay oh that's one of the major themes of this album fuck easy e got it (laughs) let's finish strong with it Yeah. yeah Uh, all right, uh, let's kind of go into our final thoughts. Um, I I will go first. I'll let our guests have last word on this. Um, I it, for me it was an in, it was interesting going back uh, and and really actually listening to the whole album, which I'd never really done. Um, and I definitely pulled out some more songs out of this album that I will listen to more. Overall, not one I would revisit. But I mean, you, the hits like you know uh, Dre Day and nothing but a G thing. Those have always been in my rap rotations for a long time, and that will continue to be. And I'll probably pull some more out. So I'll put Let Me Ride more in there. Um, probably Little Ghetto Boy, too. I think I really did enjoy that one. But overall, overall, I'm, I'm not going to probably revisit the whole album. Yeah, I had a, had a similar kind of thing with John on this one. Uh, I think the album almost plays as a promotional material for Death Row Records for most of it. <laughs> just like, hey, look at look at Death Row. Look how cool we are. We got some really good rappers, and then we just kind of get those at about, um, which I get was probably his main focus at the time, so he got a lot of those people on there. Um, a lot of the themes just felt very redundant to me with a lot of these songs. Mm-hmm. I get it. You're hard. You own guns. I get it. Uh, so that's why some of the other songs, some of them that stand out, nothing but a G thing because that was just, I mean, that's a fun Ride around, you know, in a Corvette kind of song. It's fun. Chill day. Let me ride. I thought was particularly good. And little ghetto boy. Those are my three standouts. Everything else, I'll probably not really listen to this album ever again, um, unless I want to do a drinking game and try and kill myself every time he (laughs) says the words AK Gat sixty four or six four Dick the N word or etc. Something like that. Um, And I take a shot. Then that's the way to die. Or one eight seven because they mentioned that one eight seven. Yes. That's that's part of my problem with some of this album is. There wasn't enough lyrical variety. He said the sa- those same words on almost every fucking song, and I'm just like, mix it up, man. You're, you're I mean, this kind of showed he wasn't a lyrical genius. You know that he's got to he had to work his way towards getting better at that, mm-hmm. um, because he said the same stuff all the time. I I, I like variety in my albums, um, and I like different stories. I like different uh, different styles, and so you get that with some of it. Some of like the funky ones that come up, and then you get some of the other stuff. Um, that seemed just a little bit more classic uh, G-Funk. But but overall, I, I don't dislike the album. The album is solid, but there's only a couple standouts. So I'm, I'm not probably going to listen to this whole album ever again. Um, but I will say, G, uh, nothing but a G-Thing, Let Me Ride and, and Get a Boy will be adding to my uh, larger rap playlist that I've got. 
I would say, honestly, this is probably bumped up into my, maybe my top 30 hip-hop albums now. It actually, cool. the revisit did more good for me, actually. I realized how creative the production was, how well mm -hmm. they used the whole team and how they used the different ad-libs. And I really saw this album fortify itself in my mind as absolutely legendary in the history of hip-hop because it means so much and that not I, I sell out easy to the hard bangers like i used to always love the little the little john crunk stuff that was just all beats <laughs> very little lyrical content that's that's the ben i remember uh <laughs> from from college because yeah. like the the little john Eastside boys back when we were in school which is for me was 04 to 08 like they were still pretty they were bringing it yeah you know it was like that was played i i I grinded on so many girls to Little John, it wasn't even <laughs> funny. <laughs> and see, and the funny thing is too, though, I'm a whole different. Like my favorite, one of my favorite rappers is P.O.S. out of Doomtree, who's just lyrical for days. After revisiting the Chronic, I had to revisit the Far Side album from '92, that was just crazy lyrical. Lupe Fiasco is my favorite rapper of all time. So I love mm. the Wordsmiths. I love all of that stuff. That's my favorite hip hop. But I've got mm -hmm. such a strong place for this, this the stuff that really takes musicality and, and puts it in an album and mixes it with the vocal sounds and just the, the sound of this album especially for the time is just so so good and um i did i actually grew to like the second half of the album a lot more on the revisit and i just cool. i love some of those bangers that are just hard right in your face so i would say uh i would say this is an album i'm gonna listen to the next few weeks actually because i'm kind of hooked on it right now nice very uh, cool that's awesome all right, that was our review of The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Please join us next time as we are joined by Tammy, a.k.a. Moscow, from the We Scottish Last YouTube channel. We did her picks of 1995's Balto and the 2000's anime Bleach, and we will also be recasting Bleach using Western actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. guys i'm tess and i'm Corey, and we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time that's right you can find us every wednesday on apple podcasts spotify iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers so come check out ocd podcasts where comic books are cool, cool.